What is going on? Welcome to Gambling with Gold. My name is Jason Gold. This is Steffi Smalls. We are here to preview and to bet on the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Let's fucking go. Only three more weeks of getting this sort of NFL action. I cannot wait to jump into the slate. Steph, how are you on this Thursday morning? I'm very excited. I cannot believe it. We're already here. It's kind of sad. I feel like we we're just talking about week two, week one, and here we are, divisional round. The Giants are in it. I am not ready to get sad quite yet. I'm still going to lean into these three weeks that we have. Never going to be sad about a day of football. I cannot wait to get into the slate for Saturday and Sunday. Make sure to sign up for the Champions Run app. Download it and play Spicy Slips today. Use that code SPICY and you get a $10 promo. We love this game mode. If you love betting on the NBA, especially live betting, go download that app right now. It's the best experience out there. We were so proud of it. Make sure to go play today. All right, let's jump into the slate. Here's what we're going to do on the show today. We're going to build a parlay like we've been doing every week. We're going to get some locks out there for the Saturday slate. Then we're going to hop into the Sunday slate, build a parlay for that, and then we're going to close out the show with some player props for the divisional round. Of course, we will touch on all four games and give you any sort of angles and insights that we have into each game. Steph, let's go ahead and get started. The Saturday parlay lock. Let's ride. First game on the board. We have the Kansas City Chiefs minus eight and a half hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. This total right now is sitting at 52 and a half at DraftKings. What's your initial read on this game? Do we expect the Chiefs to dominate? Or do we think the Jaguars and Doug Peterson have a little bit more magic in them heading into Arrowhead? We've got the battle of the former Eagles coaches here with Andy Reid and Doug Peterson. Very funny. Um, Jacksonville, you could say that was a very emotional win. They have four interceptions thrown by Lawrence. They come back. They're down 27-0 and end up winning this game. I think that they can cover this game. The Chiefs have not done well covering the spread at home. I think there is probably a little bit of value in that eight and a half. With that said, I am on the Chiefs in this game. I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, I I think that they're the darling, and I think that the hype has to end eventually. If they win this game, I'm probably just going to end up putting a Super Bowl bet on that because they've proven me wrong to this point. I also really think I like the Chiefs' first half. What are your thoughts Interesting. Okay, so here's kind of where I'm at on this game. There's no doubt that I believe the Chiefs are going to win. I also have, and we'll talk about this a little bit, I know that everybody is betting one specific teaser. We talked about it yesterday. Everybody is going to be betting this Chiefs minus two and a half and Eagles minus one and a half or one, depending on what number you get. Everyone's going to bet that teaser. It seems like the easiest thing in the world to do and the guaranteed blood bank, blood bank lock to come home. Someone is going to bust this teaser. There's a reason that these lines have not moved high enough where the sportsbooks are trying to get to these nine and a half numbers and try to take you out of teaser range. So I guess the point is, which side do you believe is going to bust it? Do you believe it's going to be the Giants winning outright? Do you believe it's going to be the Jaguars? Or do you believe that the Eagles and Chiefs will both win, but potentially one of them comes close? Maybe Kansas City wins by two, Philadelphia wins by one, something like that. This teaser is going to break. So, in terms of building a parlay, what do we want to do? I believe that Kansas City is going to win this game. I have no doubts about that. Do we want to take it on the money line? Minus, the money line is minus 490, but if we're putting in with four other picks, maybe it's an easy layup. 
I don't know. But there are statistics saying that Jacksonville is the way that you want to play this game. Doug Peterson, 6-0 and in the postseason as an underdog. 5-1 and straight up in those games. Kansas City also, like you said, really struggles at home covering the spread, especially these bigger numbers. Mahomes, as a favorite, when he's over three points, is hitting it like 42%. Jacksonville plus 8.5 seems like, to me, a good bet. Maybe it's a backdoor. Maybe it's something else. I like the idea of the first half. I get the angle. You're thinking that Jag- the Jaguars are going to have a little bit of a hangover from what happened last week. Kansas City, well-rested at home, can dominate these teams early, especially Jacksonville's defense is not that great. I get it. But the way, two ways I would want to put it into our parlay would either be Jacksonville plus 8.5 or just say, fuck it, take the Kansas City money line minus 490 and throw it in there. That might be dumb, but that's kind of where I'm at here. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning that way too. The reason why I kind of like the eight and a half too is Kansas City's defense has not been good this entire year. I think that they are going to be able to run the ball against them. And we've seen ETN and Lawrence be two of these bigger, bigger factors and why they've had, you know, they're on this momentum of six winning six straight. If Jacksonville can you know, the on defense, my only concern would be like Chris Jones, probably. And I guess the only yeah. thing that worries me about the, I don't know here. Yeah, I think we might just take, I think we should take the eight and a half. You want to take the eight and a half with Jacksonville? Okay. So we'll put the no, we, Jacksonville. Do you want to do the Kansas City money line and play it safe? You get to pick this one. All right. So if we do the Kansas City minus money, money line at minus 490, Let's put that in there for now. Let's talk about the over-under here for a second. I am in love with the under in this game. I think it's a smash under for me. It's one of my favorite totals on the board this week, 52 and a half. It did hit 53. It came back down. I just think that you're going to get in a game where it's a little tight, a little slower than you want it to be. I don't think that Kansas City is going to come out and throw up a 42-burger. And I think that Jacksonville's defense will play well enough in this game to keep them close. So give me under 52 and a half. I'm fine putting that with a minus 490. And let's see where the board takes us on the second game that you, I know you don't really want to talk about. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it, but we absolutely can. You know what? We have a duty to the people to talk about all the games on the board. I'm sorry that your team's involved, but we're going to get involved with it. All right, so the first two of the parlay is going to be Kansas City minus 490 money line and the under 52 and a half. Now we're going to head over to the link where you may or may not be this weekend. For those that are going to be attending the game, you may see Steph's wandering around the parking lot looking for interviews and drinking any white claw that comes her way. Um, Giants plus seven and a half at Philadelphia. Total set at 48 right now. I have a lean on the side and a total play, but I want to get your perspective first. Someone that is intimately familiar with both teams, especially the Giants. You were in Minnesota last week to see that epic victory. Daniel Jones, in fact, pointed you out in the crowd, it looked like, on his way out of the stadium. Great picture <laughs> he did, there. He, saw me. he, he definitely saw, saw you. you. You're yeah. the only Giants fan in that corner that he was pointing to. to. <laughs> um, all right, so what's your perspective on, on this game? I know that you think the Eagles are going to win, but yes. what, what do you think the path is for the Giants to be able to pull off an upset or at least keep this game close? Okay. I think there is a path. One, because they – have to worry about losing a bunch of money if the Eagles end up taking it all the way. You can just knock them out now and you don't have to worry about every ticket that everyone has. 
um, on the Eagles. But here's the thing. First of all, I didn't know. I totally forgot that when we played them the first time in that game, you will have Eagles fans talking about nonstop, that 48-22 blowout loss the first time they met. Saquon only had 28 yards. They had no Leo Williams. They had no Xavier McKinney. They had no Adoree Jackson. That team was not exactly the same team that we've seen. This team that's picked up momentum towards the end of the season, regardless of you want to talk about how many wins they had in a row. It's going to come down to Daniel Jones and Saquon probably once again. I think Richie James could get involved. Daniel Bellinger maybe unlocks as part of the key to this game. They, they got to be creative and they have to play clean. Um, playing clean is probably going to be the biggest thing for them. They have to play that they, the way that they did against the Vikings, move the ball, trust Daniel Jones, go down the field. Jones's legs, right? The way that he's been able to scramble these last couple of weeks is exactly why people that were on the Jones like train all along, he, he showed you why. Um, this is actually his first really weird, really weird uh, fact. This is his first time playing in front of fans at the link. Huh. So the last time he played at the link was during COVID when he had that infamous trip and fall over himself um, for whatever X amount of yards it was. He didn't rush for much that last blowout game. Um, but I think when they have all their pieces there and everyone's working together, you see this team have a little bit more success. Um, be interesting to get Isaiah Hodgins involved. But um, if, if they win this game, Brian Dable might just be the second coming of Jesus Christ. I swear to God, because this guy's odd to something. I think an in interesting parlay that I might do just for fun, even though I don't bet on my team, is the is the Dable. You can do a Dable parlay that is the Bengals winning and the Giants winning. Because I think the Bills, you've seen where they've started to – you know, is that Dable? Is that a Dable effect? Is that what's going on there? Is that why things look a little bit shakier? Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. I'd like to hear your takes. I know I think you're on the Giants, though. All right. So there's a couple of reasons. Yes, I'm going to end up being on the Giants, and I'm going to force you to put them into the parlay here. Oh, uh, good. Not on the money line, although I we did say on the spicy take show, I do kind of like them on the money line. But I'll give you a couple of reasons why I like them to cover the spread here. Apologies for reading off my sheet here, but I can't remember all this. Fading number one seeds in the divisional round, 25-13-1. So there's one check mark for the Giants. Road teams that missed the playoffs the year before in the divisional round, 26-12 and 12 against the spread. Another check mark for the Giants. The third one, road teams in a divisional rematch in the divisional round, 14-4-1 against the spread. That is three giant trend check marks for the New York Giants. Then you throw in the fact they're coming off this great win. They have it rolling. They have an incredible coach who's seeing a team for the third time this season. You don't think that Dayball is going to have everything cooked up his mm -hmm. sleeve to take out exactly what he thinks will be advantageous for the Giants against the Eagles? They is going to have – now, it, it's on the players, obviously, to execute it. But I can guarantee you that Mike Kafka, Wink Martindale, and Brian Dayball will have everything cooked up for the players to go and take advantage of the Eagles in this game. The last two points I'll make is one, we have not seen this Eagles team be healthy and play together since Jalen Hurts went down. Throw out week 18. It was a meaningless game. The Giants did nothing in that game to try and compete. And in fact, they covered the spread with fucking Davis Webb. Okay. This Eagles team is not the team that we saw in week 15 when Jalen Hurts went down and was the MVP. Lane Johnson has an injury. We don't know what the front line is going to be. They had a week off. They haven't really played in five weeks. 
I think that the Giants are rolling, and I think that the Eagles may take some time to get going, and this is why that matters. The Eagles are the best front-running team in the NFL this season. Anytime that any team has thrown points on the board early against them, it has been a struggle. They get nervous. They get tight. They don't play as free offensively. So if the Giants are coming in with momentum and the Eagles start off cold and they jump off to a lead, the Eagles are going to struggle to be able to cover the seven and a half in this game. I know that people are probably overrating the Giants. Maybe I am too after that win. You're usually supposed to fade results that you see in the wild card round. However, given everything that I've said, I do think that the Giants at plus seven and a half is a good value. And that's where I'm going to put our bet in this parlay. It's going to be on the Giants plus seven and a half. Do I know another trend just because we're doing trends and I wasn't going to share this one, but I'm going to share it. The Giants are 6-0 all time against the number one seed in the playoffs since 1990. Love that. Not bad. All right. I think one thing I saw that I liked. I saw that I like to is Wink Martindale. You know, he obviously is very blitz friendly. I think that you saw him adjust during that game against Minnesota to get them to win and ultimately win that game. So if he's able to keep making adjustments throughout, um, I think that they're in a good spot to cover. All right. So we're going to put them in the cover. So Giants plus seven and a half. And then the total in this game. I think that points are going to be available and on the board. So I'm going to take yeah. the over 48 for us. I think this is a great yeah. play. I, okay. I agree. Yeah. I would, th- this game being like the most ideal situation is at, at this point, I kind of like the nail biters. It's a little fun. You know, you get it. It's, it's addicting at this point. Like this game could be like 33, 28. And I think it would be a blast. Yeah. I was thinking like 27, 24 either way. Um, so I, I think it fits with both the Giants plus seven and a half and the over of 48. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We have the under 52 and a half in Jacksonville, Kansas City. Kansas City minus 490 on the money line. We know it's dumb, but whatever. Right Giants plus seven and a half. And then we're going to take the over 48 and Giants Eagles. We're going to risk $100 to win $737. That is our Saturday parlay lock. Do you like it? I like it. It's not bad. I like those. Albums. All right. Let's go. All right, let's get to the Sunday slate. Our Sunday parlay lock. First game on the board, wildly interesting. A rematch of the Week 17 game that we never got. Tamar Hamlin is going to be running out of the tunnel, I'm guessing, for the Bills. And this line movement has been very interesting. The Bills opened at 3.5. This thing is now 5.5. All the public money is coming in on the Bengals. All the sharp money is coming in on the Bills. And this line just keeps going up and up. And up and up. What's your opinion on this game? Do you think that the Sharps are right in backing the Bills in this situation? God, I am having a really hard time handicapping this game. Um, total hasn't budged, I think, for a good reason. We also saw both these teams, like they both could have lost last week. Uh, the Bengals should have lost to Baltimore, and uh, the Bills almost lost to Skylar Thompson at home. So I think it's Ultimately, I'm leading the Bills here. I'm on the sharp side for this. Um, but the Bills need to play clean football. They've looked kind of sloppy lately for what we're used to with them. But I lean the Bills here straight up. With that being said, I don't think since he's going to go down without a fight, so the plus five starts to become interesting. 
Yeah, I'm having a tough time with this number getting as high as it has. I feel like maybe I've missed the value here, but I don't know. Maybe this thing ends up at six and a half. I, I do think there's two things that are going – well, three things that are going heavily against the Bengals. Number one, this is going to be Buffalo's last home game of the season regardless. The DeMar Hamlin thing, I feel like Buffalo's just going to come out with their ears on fire. That stadium is going to be absolutely insane. This might be the most raucous crowd that Joe Burrow and that offense has ever faced. So that's a little bit concerning. Cincinnati's defense on the road this season, they've been a good unit this entire year for the most yeah. part, especially in the second half. They've been awesome. However, 22nd in DVOA on the road this season. Wow. So I do think there is something to be said for Buffalo having an advantage offensively. The last thing that I have here is that I just think that the Bengals' offensive line is in such shambles, and it was especially with, even without Von Miller, Buffalo's getting home. They're doing things defensively that is going to hurt the Bengals' offense. I see it mostly like you know the team that's had the most success against the Bengals has been the Steelers because of the way that they play defense. I think that Buffalo is going to employ a similar plan. They're going to be able to get home against Joe Burrow, and I think that Buffalo wins this game. And I think that the Bengals' offense struggles a little bit, so. I'm kind of liking the money line on Buffalo. I'm fine going away from the five and a half. We're going to do this parlay. But I like the under 48 and a half too. I, I don't think the, the Bengals are going to put up more than, like, I don't know if they're going to get to three touchdowns in this game. I, I would take the 21 or under in this one. Yeah, I am kind of with you on that too. I think that's the way to go. Um, it's probably going to a lot. If the Bengals do find success, maybe they're, you know, Josh Allen is throwing an interception. They had a lot of success against um, opposing quarterbacks during, uh, you know, from playoffs through the Super Bowl. I think they had almost eight interceptions um, by their defense through those games, which is crazy. They were awesome. It was like one of the one bets I was making nonstop. Are they able to replicate something like that with Josh Allen? Or do the Bills try to get something going on the ground, which, again, we know they're not. They don't do a very good job doing that. So, yeah, I think this does stay under. I think it's tempting to take the over just because you think about these teams and you're like, oh, it's Josh Allen and the Bills and it's Joey Burr and the Bengals. I, you know, I kind of like the under as well. All right, so we'll take the under 48 and a half. We'll take the Bills on the money line minus 245, which would sit up. The showdown in Atlanta between Kansas City and Buffalo, which would be kind of interesting. Also, if you want to bet ahead, uh, bet the over in that game because those two teams playing on turf, the over-under yeah. should be in the 80s. Um, all right, so let's go to the last game of the divisional round, which I think is a great game. Dallas plus four at San Francisco. Total set at 46. The money line's on this. Dallas plus 170. San Francisco minus 200. Tampa Bay is a garbage team. So let's yeah. not put too much stock into what Dallas did on Monday night. However, they did play Monday night in Tampa Bay. Now they got to travel all the way back across the country to Dallas and then to San Francisco. That's a lot of travel in six days. Do you think that affects this game at all? And how do you feel about the state of the 49ers after a little bit of a dicey first half against Seattle and then doing what they do on the way out and absolutely dominating the second half of that game? Yeah, it's also, I think, Dallas's fourth, third or fourth road game in general. That's a lot. San Francisco, again, we start talking about momentum. Um, a momentum parlay would be San Francisco Giants and Jags. These are three teams that their momentum is hot right now, and San Francisco's won their ninth straight game on Saturday. Well, in the, in the beginning of that game, you're like, what the hell is San Francisco doing it? It's going to happen with Purdy. This is going to be the game that they lose. 
Um, but I think, you know, while that was Dak's probably best performance this year, and you can't discredit the Dallas's, I mean, Tampa Bay looked pathetic, and but they have all season, though, is the thing. And if Tampa was in that game, those kicks from the kicker would have been very would have been crucial, and they probably would have lost that game versus an offense that was at least more effective than um, Tampa Bay's. I think that San Francisco's front seven and secondary are not going to play coverage as soft as what Prescott saw in Tampa Bay. And I think that's what helped him a lot, too. So San Francisco's defense, I think that's what ultimately wins this game. I am going to lean San Francisco. It's very tempting. Uh, maybe this is a little biased with me that I physically cannot bet on Dallas. Um but I think 49ers second half interests me a little bit, but can Dallas keep this close? They probably can. And and both of these teams score a lot of points. Um, so the over is also interesting here. God, I struggle though. San Francisco is so strong against the spread. Like eight and one, their last nine games, and six and oh, their last six at home. Like they are just at home, like they are a home team. I'm going to be negative against both teams right now, and I think it'll help us come to a conclusion here. I'm going to start off with San Francisco. San Francisco has been absolutely elite, but also go back and look at the teams that Brock Purdy has played thus far. Yeah. It is a dog shit lineup of teams. Like the best team that they played is Seattle, and we know that Seattle is not that good of a team. So mm -hmm. as much as I love the Brock Purdy show, um, it's a little dicey. This is going to be the best team that he has faced for sure. Also, San Francisco is the most turnover-dependent team in the NFL. When they win the turnover margin, they absolutely dominate teams. When they don't, and they're all their losses this season, I think they've they've forced four turnovers and they've lost 11. Like, they are heavily turnover-dependent. So if Brock Purdy makes a mistake early, this could be an issue. But on the other side of the ball, we have Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott loves turnovers. That's the best he's played in a long yeah. time. I love Dak. I told you guys yesterday, I think that he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. But he loves turning the ball over. And the San Francisco defense is going to be able to get home. And I think he's probably going to have at least a turnover or two. This Cowboys offensive line is still in shambles. I don't know why Jason Peters was playing left tackle last week. Mm -hmm. He looks like, you know, he lipped off. He got hurt. I don't know what it's going to look like. And the last thing that you want to have against the San Francisco team is a weak offensive line. Joey Bosa, Eric Armstead, and the crew are going to get home against Dak Prescott. The Cowboys are 25th in the NFL over the past seven weeks against the Pats. Brock Pur Purdy could actually have a really good game. We saw last week he can carry him with his arm. He threw for 320. I, I think that you're looking at he could throw for 260, 270 again in this game. And the last thing is, the way that you beat San Francisco is what Seattle did in the first half last week, which is deep downfield passing. Yeah. That is not something that Dallas really does, and not really – they don't have the player to really do it. Michael Gallup isn't that guy. CeeDee Lamb is not that guy. T.Y. Hilton used to be that guy. I don't think T.Y. Hilton has that anymore. He had the one play in his first game, but I don't think that you're doing it in the same way where you have a D.K. Metcalf being able to do that for Seattle. So – is Dallas going to be able to run and dink and dunk their way to touchdowns and points in this game? I don't know. I kind of like a low-scoring game, and I think that the 49ers, maybe not cruise, maybe that's not the right way to say this, but, but I think that they're going to win. I think they're going to win by a touchdown. You think Dallas is going to win by a touchdown? No, I think San Francisco is going to win by a touchdown. San Francisco, yeah. I yeah. kind of am leaving the low-scoring, too, because even, like, 
you know, the last seven games both these teams have played, they've put up a lot of points. But you saw in the beginning of the season, San Francisco was that team because they play so well defensively. Like, a lot of those games were really low scoring, and it could play out this way again. This could be one of those games that ends up being a little bit underwhelming given the amount of points that are on the board. So I think I could get behind the under as well. Um, can Dallas cover this number? I mean, let's just take San Francisco money line for the parlay. Yeah, I'm with you. We'll, keep, we'll play it safe. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Sorry, we're going to take favors, but we're putting together a parlay, folks. All right, so we're going to do the under 48 and a half in Bengals Bills and the ba- Bills minus 245. We're going to do the under 46 and a half in Cowboys 49ers. And then we're going to do the 49ers money line minus 200. That is $100 to win 669 nice oh nice that's gotta hit now no chance it doesn't that's sweet yeah absolutely all right let's close out the show with some player props we're going to do a two-part player prop i'm going to do the first part with steph second part with justin henry so let's knock out a couple player props that we like right now i'll start with my first one i'm going to kind of go against you a little bit here i'm going to go richie james under 42 and a half receiving yards against the eagles Mm -hmm. He played his lowest snap percentage of the season last week, and I think it continues. I think they want these bigger body receivers, Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton, to be out there along with uh, Daniel Bellinger so that they can get the running game going and so that they can block on the outside for Daniel Jones when he's running the ball. That is not something that Richie James really does. So I think that the Giants are going to be competitive. I think it's going to be a game where you don't really need what Richie James does as much so i'm gonna take the under 42 and a half receiving yards for him okay i like it staying in that game i like any of this guy's numbers you can take the over on any of them dallas goddard uh over 47 and a half receiving yards i like his over four and a half receptions and i like him to score a touchdown at plus five you saw tj hawkinson Two different weeks, completely eat on this defense. They are not good against the tight end. Uh, Goddard could have that kind of breakout game in the playoffs. I can totally see it happening. I could see him scoring two touchdowns. But that over 47 and a half, now that the secondary is a little bit improved from when they last saw this Giants defense, I think that you see Dallas Goddard have a, a very nice game. So over 47 and a half receiving yards at minus 120 for Dallas Goddard. If you feel uh, lucky, a touchdown as well, plus 205. Not even a great number on there. I'm pretty certain he gets in the end zone this weekend. A little spicy on the anytime touchdown, obviously, here at Champions Round. We love anything spicy, so love to see that one. All right, my second one on the board is going to be Christian Kirk under four and a half receptions against the Chiefs. The whole reason for this is his target percentage versus too high. Kansas City runs the most amount of too high coverage in the NFL. They'll pretty much run it for 60 or 70% of the game. Christian Kirk, normal target share on the season when not facing too high is around 28%. Against too high coverage, 18.5%. I don't think that he will be as involved in this game. I think it's more of an Evan Ingram, Zay Jones show in this one. So if you want to go do the over props, maybe you look towards those, but Christian Kirk under four and a half receptions. That is my second player prop on the board. Okay. Gosh, I have a few other ones. I like, I'll go with, you know, we'll run it back. It was my spicy take that missed by two yards. Uh, Daniel Jones over 44 and a half rushing yards minus 113. 
this guy is going to continue. His legs have been disrespected the entire season. I understand he did not have a lot of rushing yards the one game he played against the Eagles, but I think he's been scrambling better. They've been doing a lot more design runs that you did not see in the first half, even at, you know, at the back end of the season. So I like him to go over this number pretty easily. All right. I, I like that too. And it was probably our best bet last weekend. I bet the alt lines all the way up to 80. He didn't quite get to 80 because of the kneel downs at the end. But I mean, I think that I hit like six of them on the way up. That was the best. Uh, I should probably yeah. send you some Venmo cash for, for all those best. <laughs> was- uh, but yeah, that was awesome last week. It was awesome. Uh, my last one on the board, I'm going to throw out Devin Singletary under 43 and a half rushing yards. You would think that you would want a veteran running back in this sort of game. However, if we go back and look last week against the Dolphins, all the early down carries went to James Cook. Very interesting. Devin Singletary got a lot of the receiving action in that game. You would anticipate that maybe versus this Bengals defense, you would want to be a little bit more pass heavy. So maybe Singletary gets the receptions over and receiving yards over. But this early down work on the ground is going to go to James Cook. So I'm going to take the under 43 and a half rushing yards for Devin Singletary. I really like that. Okay. For my last one, I have two. It's how spicy do I want to get? Um, Fucking spicy. Let's send it. Okay, these are crazy. This is me being fucking crazy, but I don't know why. Just like Jason woke up and he had his dream about the Charger. I woke up and I just knew Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon has not been involved. It's fine. Buffalo won't be expecting it. But is that the way that they go? Because they know that they're, you know, they're better run blockers than pass blockers. And they're like, let's use Mixon. He's all reliable. I like him to go over that 48 and a half rushing yards. And I think he could be, <laughs> this is crazy. And it goes against everything we were saying in the beginning of the show. Like I'm betting him to get two touchdowns. Cause I think it's fun. Like that's a fun bet. Plus 900. I like it. Um, Joe Mixon this weekend, depending on how you want to play it, the safe way for me would be over 48 and a half. He doesn't hit, he doesn't go over this number much, but I think this could be a game where they can use him. They can rely on him. You have that banged up O-line. Go with what these guys' strengths is. Give the ball to Joe Mixon. Get him over that 48 and a half and into the end zone there. Fantastic. Way to keep it spicy, Steph. That's what we're here for. I love it. I don't think it's going to happen, but you know what? Fuck it. Why not? It's fun. It's fun. Other than that, all my bets are going to be interception props. There's going to be a lot of interceptions thrown this weekend. Perfect. The small special over 0.5 interceptions for every quarterback this weekend. Just throw it into a parlay and see if everyone throws an interception this weekend. All right. That does it for Gambling with Gold Divisional Round betting preview. Steph, as always, it has been a pleasure. Go download the Champions Round app. Go play Spicy Slips. Use that code SPICY for $10 off. Go play and win with Champions Round. All right, we will talk to you guys soon. Good luck with all of your bets this weekend. See you later. Yeah.